0: Okay, so today we're reading from the Monster Stories book. We are still in the Bogards, Trolls, and Goblins section, and we're actually we're pretty close. To, we're in the, kind of in the middle of that. Um, yeah, about halfway through. Um, we are in the fifth story. One, two, three, four, five. Which I guys, it has the coolest name. The name of the story is. The Christmas goblins. Did you know that there were Christmas goblins? The Christmas goblins? Yeah, did you know that? I had no idea that there were goblins at Christmas time. But this was written by a man named Charles Dickens. And he's kind of famous for writing stories about Christmas. And famous for writing stories about kind of spooky stuff at Christmas. So, let's get right to it. Did he make Nightmare Before Christmas? No. No, he wrote a very, very famous Christmas story called A Christmas Carol. And it has a guy in it by the name of Ebenezer Scrooge. And I bet you've heard of him before, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tiny Tim. And Bob Cratchit. Okay. So it's that guy. And he's written this story. And I'm probably going to have to explain a little bit of it to you as we go through, because Charles Dickens lived so long ago, and he used to talk in a funny sort of way. He used a different kind of um, English than we use. And he got paid by the pennies, or paid by the words, so (laughs) he gets a little wordy. So let me help you as we go through this. Are you ready? Okay, The Christmas Goblins by Charles Dickens, read today by Mommy and... are you today? Can't find my name. Philip? my name. Oh. Alright. Read by mommy and a boy who can't find his name. Maybe you'll find it by the end of the story. Ready? Can't find my name. Okay. It's okay. Can't find my name. Well, you think about it. Here we go. In an old abbey town a long, long while ago, There worked a sexton and gravedigger in the churchyard, one Gabriel Grubb, which means that in a town that had a big church in it, there was a guy who worked and took care of the yard at the church and also was like the janitor. And also if someone died, he helped make sure that their bodies were buried and his name was Gabriel. He was a cross, surly fellow who mixed with nobody but himself and an old wicker bottle which fitted into his large, deep waistcoat pocket. Which means he was not very friendly and he didn't talk to anybody and he carried around a bottle with him. Okay. A little before twilight, one Christmas Eve, Gabriel put his spade on his shoulder, lit his lantern, and took himself towards the old churchyard. He had a grave to finish digging by the next morning, and feeling very low, he thought it might raise his spirits if he got on with his work at once. Gabriel Grubb strode along until he turned into the dark lane that led to the churchyard. It was a gloomy, mournful place, into which the townspeople did not care to go, except in broad daylight. So he was very cross to hear a young boy roaring out some jolly song about having a merry Christmas. Gabriel waited until the boy came up, then wrapped him over the head with his lantern five or six times to teach him to lower his voice. Well, that's not very kind, Gabriel. You could just say it. As the boy hurried away with his head to his hand, Gabriel Grub chuckled to himself and entered the churchyard, locking the gate behind him. He took off his coat, put down his lantern, and, getting into an unfinished grave, worked at digging at it for an hour or so with strong determination, but... The earth was hardened with the frost, and it was no easy task to break it up and shovel it out. At any other time, the dirt. You see, many people, when they die, they bury their bodies under the ground. And in order to do so, they have to have a hole to put their bodies in. And he is digging a hole so that he can put a body in there not a very pleasant task, not a very pleasant thought, especially not at Christmas time. Let's keep going and see what happens. Okay. (laughs) At any other time, this would have made Gabriel very miserable. However, he was so pleased at having stopped the small boys singing that he took little heed of the small progress he had made when he finished work for the night. Gabriel Grubb looked down into the grave with grim satisfaction he murmured to himself as he gathered up his things brave lodgings for one brave lodgings for one a few feet of cold earth when life is done (laughs) ho ho he laughed as he sat himself down on a flat tombstone which was a favorite resting place of his and drew forth his wicker bottle A coffin at Christmas, a Christmas box, (laughs) (laughs) repeated a voice close beside him. What do you think that was? It, It was the echoes, said he, raising the bottle to his lips again. It was not said a deep voice. Gabriel Grubb started up quickly and stood rooted to the spot with terror, for his eyes rested on a form that made his blood run cold. Which means he saw something that sent a chill through him and totally scared him, and yikes, I can see why in the picture. Very creepy. Seated on an upright tombstone close to him was a strange, unearthly figure. It was sitting perfectly still, grinning at Gabriel Grubb with such a grin as only a goblin could call up. "'What are you doing here on Christmas Eve?' said the goblin goblin sternly. "'I came to dig a grave, sir.' Stammered Gabriel Grub. What man wanders among graves on such a night as this? Cried the goblin. Gabriel Grub, Gabriel Grub! Screamed a wild chorus of voices that seemed to fill the churchyard. What have you got in that? bottle said the goblin. Gin, sir, replied Gabriel, trembling more than ever. And I can see why I would be afraid to gin. Oh, good question. Gin is alcohol. It's a kind of alcohol. Uh, or liquor. It's another good word for it. It's actually something they, they call it a hard liquor because it is Um, not easy to drink. Not easy to drink. It burns and has a very strong taste. Who drinks gin alone and in a churchyard on such a night as this? Gabriel Grubb! Gabriel Grubb! exclaimed the wild voices again. And who then? is our lawful prisoner exclaimed the goblin raising his voice the invisible chorus replied Gabriel grub Gabriel grub well Gabriel what do you say to this said the goblin as he grinned a broader grin than before Gabriel Grub gasped for breath. What do you think of this, Gabriel? It's, It's very curious, sir. Very curious, sir. And very pretty, replied Gabriel, half dead with fright. But I think I'll go back and finish my work, sir, if you please work said the goblin what work the grave sir oh the grave eh? who makes graves at a time when other men are merry and takes pleasure in it well that's a very good question you see The hardest part about Graves is it means that someone has died. And that is typically a very sad thing, you see. And this guy's happy about it, oh dear. I think he needs to take a moment and re-examine himself, don't you? Yeah, well that's what Charles Dickens was known for. He wrote a lot of things that inspired the reader to think about Decisions that they had made. Okay, let's keep going. Squirrelly. Hmm. I'm afraid my friends want you, said the goblin. I'm sorry, sir, replied the horror-stricken Gabriel. I don't think they can. They don't know me, sir. I don't think the gentlemen have ever seen me. Oh, yes, they have. We know the man who struck the boy in the bitterness of his heart because the boy could be merry and he could not. Oh, they saw him hit that little boy on the head. See, right there. Always, always keep your hands to yourself. You never know who's watching. And it's never nice to hit, is it? Here, the goblin gave a loud, shrill laugh, which the echoes returned. Uh, "'I am afraid I must leave you, sir,' said Gabriel, making an effort to move. "'Leave us?' said the goblin. (laughs) "'As the goblin laughed, he suddenly darted towards Gabriel, "'laid his hand upon his collar, and sank with him through the earth.'" When Gabriel had had time to fetch his breath, he found himself in what appeared to be a large cavern, surrounded on all sides by goblins, ugly and grim. And now, said the king of the goblins, seated in the center of the room on an elevated seat, show the man of misery and gloom the pictures from our storehouses. As the Goblins said this, a cloud rolled gradually away and showed a small, barely furnished, but neat apartment, which means it didn't have a lot of furniture in it, but it was clean. Little children were gathered round a bright fire, clinging to their mother's gown or playing around her chair. A simple meal was spread upon the table, and a chair was placed near the fire. Soon, the father entered, and the children ran to meet him. As he sat down to his meal, the mother sat by his side, and all seemed happy and comfortable. "'So, what do you think of that?' the goblin asked. Gabriel murmured something about it being very pretty. "'Show him more.' said the goblin. Many a time the cloud went and came, and many a lesson it taught to Gabriel Grubb. He saw that men who worked hard and earned their little bit of bread were cheerful and happy. He came to the conclusion that it was a very respectable sort of world after all. And no sooner had he decided this than the cloud that closed over the last picture seemed to settle on his senses and lull him to rest. One by one, the goblins faded from his sight. And as the last one disappeared, he sank to sleep. The day had broken when Gabriel awoke and found himself lying on the flat gravestone with the wicker bottle empty by his side he got to his feet as well as he could and brushing the frost off his coat turned toward the town but Gabriel Grubb was an altered man what does that mean altered (laughs) it means that he was he had been changed he had been made into something else. He had learned lessons of gentleness and good nature by his strange adventures in the Goblin's Cavern. And that is the end of that story. I see. Okay, so what the story is trying to tell us, friends, and Philip, is that... You should choose to be gentle and kind. You should choose to think of things that are beautiful and good instead of being gloomy and choosing to think of things that are sad and upsetting. Because otherwise you end up like Gabriel Grubb, grumpy and miserable and alone and digging up a grave on Christmas Eve instead of being with your friends and family in a nice warm house singing christmas carols and having yummy snacks and opening christmas presents. Maybe he doesn't have a family. I bet you he it, does. It, I bet you he has somebody. If you don't have a family then you can you have you can get friends. Usually one of those two things is available. I have friends and a family. You have both. You're very fortunate. Can you say the end?